Welcome to the Rhodes Church Podcast. We are so excited to connect with you. We hope that this podcast builds your faith and that you will be encouraged and inspired by this week's message. Good morning. Let's try that again. Good morning. Well, it's great to see you. Great to be here in God's house with you. What an amazing church you have here. You're not aware of it. Well, I came to tell you today, you're a part of an amazing church here. You've got incredible pastors, and you're spoiled rotten. You're acting spoiled right now, because I said all that, and you didn't say amen. Let me try again. You're part of an amazing church. You've got amazing pastors, and you're blessed. I gave you the Christian version. (laughs) That's the Christian version. You're blessed, but really, you're spoiled rotten. We had a great time last night. I know it was already mentioned, the, the team night last night. Wow, the cupcakes. If you're not on a team, one reason you get on a team is because you have amazing cupcakes you can have once a year. I'm just telling you, I had this coconut cake cupcake. I take a bite out of it trying to have a conversation, and then it's like ooey gooey starts coming out of it. I've never had a cupcake like that in all my life. Just amazing. So grateful to get to be here. My wife, Paige, and our, we have five children. Uh, we were all hoping to come for weeks. We were wanting to be here all together as a family. And unfortunately, a couple of our kids got sick the last couple days and couldn't come. My oldest daughter, Tate, is here. Tate, could you stand up and wave everybody? Say hi to everybody. She's amazing. I've got a picture of the rest of my family here. There they are. My wife, Paige, right there in the middle. And I know you thought she'd look broke down after having five kids, but she doesn't. And uh, we survived. We took after your pastors. They did it first, so we thought we could do it. Uh, so we've got Tate and then Cooper there, is our, right next to me there, Cooper with the glasses. He's awesome, smart young man. And then Kenley, she is a singer and a piano player, just real loves arts. And Graham, he's just a fireball of energy, and he's an amazing kid. And then that's little Ellie Jewel down there, and she is our fifth and final, Lord willing. You know, God always does exceedingly, abundantly, right? Above all you can ask or imagine. So I met a guy out in the lobby. He went from two to four, had twins. I was like, that's God. So we're thankful for all of our kids. I know. I'm saying this by faith right now. No, I'm just kidding. So that's that's my beautiful family. So next time, we're believing that we'll all be here. And uh, back home, our church that we're we're about to uh, be the pastors of, this is a big weekend for us, and uh, Chad and I already had this plan to be here. I'd be there. We're celebrating our 35th year as a church this weekend over there in St. Louis. So if you know anybody that uh, is a family member or a friend or an enemy, I don't care who they are, we're kind of in the southern part of St. Louis out in Jefferson County, South County area. So if you know anybody that needs a good church, needs a life-giving church, send them our way, victorychurch.com. We'd love to have them be part of our church family. So, well, grab your Bibles. We're going to get into God's Word today. I'm excited to share God's Word. Are you ready to receive it? Okay, I believe you. Turn over in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 6. That's going to be our key passage of Scripture. And, uh, wow, you're real excited. I want to speak a message to you today, living with a wide open heart. Living with a wide open heart. Or you could title it whatever you'd like to today. But that's the title I've given it, A Wide Open Heart or Living with a Wide Open Heart. You know, the enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to what? Destroy. But he also comes to shrink us. Maybe you didn't know that. Right here in this city, in whatever community you live in, he has these little machines installed called a shrink machine. Did you know that? 
You see, God came to give you life and life more abundantly. God came to give you a big life. He has big plans for your family. He has big, big plans for your future. He has big plans for this church. Come on. No eye has seen, no ear has heard what God has planned for those that love him. Like God's plans are big. Well, the enemy's plans are small. He wants to shrink us. He wants us to doubt what God's word says. He wants us to minimize the power of God in our lives. He loves to, to kind of kill our dreams and shrink us back down and, and get our hearts small. But Jesus didn't come for that. Jesus came for us to live big, wide open hearted lives. But over time, life wears us down. I just, I, I used to have dreams then. I used to really believe God. But if you do what happened to me, no. I know God's word and that God's word is true no matter what circumstances you've been through. Come on, I'm preaching better than you're shouting in the 11 o'clock. Come on now, somebody. God wants you to live a big, wide open hearted life. Not a life that's full of smallness, but an expansive life. I believe it in my life. I'm believing for big things for my family. I'm believing big things for my daughter Tate. I can see the small thing that God's already doing, but I know that God's got big plans. How many of you believe that God has big plans for your family, big plans for your life? You say, well, wow, you haven't lived in southern Illinois long enough, bud. If you knew that the coal mines closed a few years ago, this community is struggling. I didn't know this community was dictated to by the coal mines. I didn't read that in my Bible. I'm sorry. Where is that in the Bible? Come on, we live by faith. We don't go by sight. Thank you for the three amens. It's God's Word. You're here in church. We're going to talk about it today. All right, so let's look at this passage of Scripture where the Apostle Paul uh, kind of lays out the foundation for this message. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11 through 13. He says, We have spoken freely to you, Corinthians, and opened wide. Notice not in a small way, but opened wide our hearts to you. We are not withholding our affection from you, uh-oh, but you, how many know when someone says, but you, they kind of shake their head a little bit like, but you are withholding your affection from us as a fair exchange, or meaning this is reasonable, I'm not out of my mind, I'm not crazy to say this, as a fair exchange, I speak as to my children. How many of you remember your mom, like when you were kind of in trouble, she kind of, my mom would do this, she like, like slow down the words. Like, Daniel, Mark, Lord. As if, like, I didn't know my name. How many of you remember mom throws the middle name in there? Like, all that slows it down. So he's like, I speak as to my children. And what does he say? Open wide your hearts also. Like, get to your room and clean it right now. Or I'm going to knock your teeth out. Right. <laughs> it's kind of one of those like parent moments. He's speaking as a spiritual father. And he's saying, you've closed your heart off. But I'm saying, you need to open your heart again. Some of us, we get walking with God and we go through things. And, and, the, and the enemy comes and he uses life to kind of shrink us back down. But that's not how God wants us to live. He wants us to live with a what? A wide open heart. I can remember the first time I, I went to Africa to, 
to minister there. I got to go with Joyce Meyer, and at nighttime she'd preach these huge crusades. She was on national television every night, these meetings all throughout the country. It was a historic week. And during the daytime, some of us pastors, we got to go to prisons and, and to go to uh, uh, do some uh, visits with uh, like medical clinics and things like that. It was an awesome trip. And at the end of that week, they came and they said, would any of you pastors be willing to go preach in churches this week? We have a lot of pastors that are asking if some of uh, the American pastors could come. And I remember like, well, yeah, I could do that. Be, that sounds like fun. That'd be awesome. And, and then like that morning came and I started having like apprehension. Anybody like go from like being real good about something, all of a sudden you have an anxiety attack about it? How many of you ever been there? Like, wow, I was doing real good. Where'd this come from? And I remember driving thinking, well, I've never preached in an African church. I wonder if they're going to like me. I remember, you know, think, like, what's their service going to be like? like? And then I found out they preach for an hour and a half. I thought, wow, they're going to be disappointed. I'm good for like 30 minutes. I only got like one bullet here, you know. And, and I, I could just remember kind of a little anxiety building up about that. And we pulled up to the church. I kind of had my head down. I was getting out of the car, opened the door. And as soon as the door opens... I hear this booming voice like the announcer at a, you know, a fight, you know, like the box, like, Pastor Dan Lord. And I'm like, I think that's me. Is that the voice of God? You know, like, and I look up and the pastor, Pastor Ephiel and his wife are standing there and their arms are wide open. I can't even like get out of the car. And they're like, we are so excited to hear you preach the word today. And I said, well, 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 I am so excited to preach the word today. And he's like, we have been looking forward to you coming. And I'm like, I, I have been looking forward to come. All of a sudden, I got hijacked by a tractor beam of heaven from somebody's heart who was wide open to a complete stranger. Wasn't like, we'll see how you're going to preach today, bud. I know, that's how some of you are. You're on the back. I see you back there. My eyes work. No. <laughs> No, like sometimes, you know, we, we get closed up with this pastor. What happened? His heart was wide open to me, and so my heart got wide open to him. And he, heaven was inside of him, and so some of heaven's confidence got back inside of me, and I was discouraged, but he gave me encouragement. You see what happens here? But when we live kind of closed off, a wait-and-see approach, listen, we might just miss out on the miracles God has for us because we're waiting to see what uh, somebody else is going to do. God sent me today to do a little heart surgery on you. I said, my heart's good. I got a pacemaker in there. I'm doing fine. No. There's a medical term about our arteries, and it's, it's this term, hardened arteries. Or there's blockages sometimes in our heart. Well, I came to do, uh, today I've got a little catheter. I'm going to send it up your leg. We're going to go in there. We're going to clean that stuff out and put a stent in again. Spiritually speaking, we don't want our heart to get hard. We want our hearts to be strong for God so that we can, we can do everything that God has for us. So that this church can become all that God's designed for it to be. Just in between services, I was encouraging Pastor Chad and Dawn. I said, you know, this, he was like, yeah, it's just a miracle, this church. I said, it's not a miracle. You're a devoted people. You're full of wisdom and strength. Like, you're passionate. You've given your lives for this. You've got great people who are in the Word of God. Like, this is not an accident. This is not a miracle kind of church. We haven't even seen yet what God has planned for this church. I'm here to tell you this is just the beginning of what God wants to do.
Oh, that should have been a lot stronger than that. We're going to go ahead and rewind. The, we got a v, v, VCR here. I'm going to rewind the videotape. Guys have seen. No eye has seen. No ear has heard what God is about to do in this church. This is just the beginning of what God has planned. <laughs> if we'll keep our hearts open, if we'll live big hearted, if we'll avoid the shrink machines. Come on, somebody. It, right in the next chapter, he goes on to say, he says, make room for us in your hearts. I love how God's word's just so clear. Chapter 7, verse 2, make room for us in your hearts. And this is one of those kind of funny passages of scripture here. It's like, I'm surprised this is in the Bible, but here it is. It says, we have wronged no one. We've corrupted no one. We've exploited no one. He's like, you're treating us like we're criminals. Like, open up your heart and be nice to us. We're like pastors. We're here to do something good for you. Stop sitting like that. Start sitting like that. Make room for us in your hearts. How many of you know people that kind of make you wait? Like, we're going to wait. You have like a five-year plan to see if we like you or not. It's like, come on. He's saying, warm up a little bit. We haven't even done anything wrong. And think about this. That's what he's saying in this passage. But as Christians, the Bible says we're actually even supposed to live open-hearted to people who have wronged us. No, people that say Christianity is easy, they haven't tried to live it out yet. Y'all living the same Christian life I'm living? It's not easy to, to love people who have wronged you. In this case, he's just saying, we haven't done that, and you're still closing off your hearts. But I'm saying, open up your heart to us. Open up your heart. And I know some people are, might be here today, and you're, you're saying, Dan, you, you know, this is a good, that's all good and everything. That's a nice, cute little message you got. But you don't know what I've been through. You don't know the heartache that I've been through. You don't know what's happened to my heart. My spouse walked out on me. My, my parents passed away prematurely. My daughter has cancer. Lady came up today. Daughter has cancer. Husband's sick. Small family. She's up here for prayer. I'm so glad she hasn't closed off her heart to what God wants to do because of what's going on in her life. You see, that's called life. We all have it. By the way, everybody's got a story. And if it doesn't look like they have some pain, they got some pain somewhere in their life. Come on, are y'all with me? You might be thinking, well, Dan, your life's just wonderful. You have no idea. No, you have no idea. But there's something awesome that happened in my life. It was called the cross. The cross is what made the difference. I mean, think about the Apostle Paul, the one who wrote this. He's the one who murdered the church. And he came back later to preach. Imagine that. Somebody came in. They, they shot a bunch of leaders in church. And like five years later, they come back to preach to you. That's the guy that's writing this. He's saying, hey, you closed off your heart. I'm like, I got a couple reasons to close off my heart. You came and killed some of my friends. Like, that's the New Testament. Everybody, you heard of the Apostle Saul? No, he's the Apostle Paul. But that was the guy who did all that. And he's coming in saying, look, there's something that's, that's more powerful than the failures and, and the, all the heartache you've been through. It's called the cross. And we still have hope. And we can't live small lives just because smallness has happened to us. God wants to pull us up from where he finds us. Make our hearts strong for him. Amen? Come on, I'm looking for some amens today. So, Dan, I need a hall pass. I, get a, I got a hall pass on 
on this. No, here's what it says in Philippians 2. If you've received any encouragement from being united with Christ, if you've received any tenderness or any compassion, any comfort from being united with the Holy Spirit, then make my joy complete by being like-minded and have, have, think about other people better than you think about yourself. Don't, don't just think about your own interests. Don't just think about you, but think about other people. That's called living a wide open heart. When you're not just thinking about yourself. Come on somebody. But we're thinking about other people. So I want to give you a few markers. Or a few attributes of what a wide open heart feels like. What is it? And this sometimes it's good for me to remember these things. Because it, it kind of checks me. I'm like oh yeah I'm not doing so good in that category. Is that okay? Anybody interested today for some, some markers. Some little thoughts about a generous a, a wide open heart. Here's the first one. A wide open heart is a generous heart. A wide open heart is a generous heart. Let's read this. Next chapter, 2 Corinthians 8, verses 1 through 4. We see some of God's math in here. I don't like God's math sometimes, but it's good math. He says, and now brothers. Notice the family term there. And now brothers. We want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And here's his math. Out of their most severe trial... Their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty. Okay, usually put those two of those things together and it's something bad. Severe trials and extreme poverty. Usually people that have those do not have the overflowing joy part. But he's saying these three things combined together and what happened? What's it say? It welled up in rich what? Generosity. How many of you know somebody who's rich but is poor in their mind? See, you can have a bunch of money. This isn't just talking about money, by the way. We're talking about being a generous person, living a generous life. You can have all the money in the world and be cheap. You know, the richest person I've ever known, he won the lottery here in Illinois, in Columbia, Illinois. $20 million. But you know what happened? He wasn't a generous person in his heart before he got that money. He lost all that money. He lost his family. His wife left him. He was so cheap. If he took you out to eat, he made sure you knew he took you out to eat. Take you for donuts and coffee. I remember one time he's like writing in his little book, Dan Lord, $2.15. I'm like, really, you're going to record that in your little book over there? You know, God hasn't called us to live stingy lives. See, you, you can have all the money in the world and have poverty in your life. Or you can, the Bible says, better is little with a good name. Better is little with having peace in your house. Sometimes that little bit of joy you have, even though you're going through hard things and, and, and you've got poverty, guess what? It can well up in rich generosity. See, I don't understand that math, but I know it's true. I've watched it happen in my own life. How many of you have watched that happen in your own life? Man, I'm going through some things. I don't have much to give, but I've got the joy of the Lord, and it's, going, it's, it's the difference maker in my life. He goes on to say in the next verse, he describes their generosity. It's pretty powerful. He says, I testify that they gave as much as they were able, but even beyond their ability. How is that possible? If I'm able to give $100, he's saying, how, 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 you can give $110. No, I'm actually only able to give $100. Somehow I gave $110. I can't figure that out, but I know if you have a wide open heart, you can do more with what you have than you're actually able to do with what you have. A lot of times we're waiting around for something more to come. No, God's like, I've given you something. Do something with that. 
Come on, 11 o'clock service. I know I'm challenging you today, but this is God's word for us. God doesn't want us living small lives. I didn't read this verse in the first service, but I feel like I ought to read it in this one. Is that okay? It doesn't matter if you approved or not. Pastor Chad approved. (laughs) It goes on to say, entirely on their own. Verse 4, they urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the saints. They, these, these people not only were generous, but they were begging for the opportunity to give. Pastor, when are we going to be able to give about that new campus? I know we got that school and everything. Can I give? Why hadn't you taken up an offering for that? Because I really want to give to that. No, that's the devil. That, <laughs> that is the devil talking to me. Come on, somebody. That could not be God. No, these people were so wide open hearted that they were giving to a group of people they didn't even know and they were urgently pleading for the opportunity, can we give more? How many know you've got Jesus in your life if you're doing that? I know y'all are nervous. We're not taking up an offering today for some building campaign. This is just what's in God's word. How many know we need to open up our hearts to live a generous life? And I know one of the big accusations in churches, all the church wants is my money. No, that's not true. Your pastors want your time. They want everything. They want your energy. They want your passion. They want your dreams. They want your servant-heartedness. They want your vehicle to pick up people and bring people to church with you, not come alone. Oh, we want everything. We want your house, have a small group in it. That's an extension side of this church. Thank you, God. No, we want much, much more than a check in the offering at the end of the service because that's what God's after. Come on, somebody. I feel like this section over here. Y'all with me today? Just checking on you. Okay, good. I just felt a little ostracized for, for a second. Is it okay we laugh in church? It's one of the things I love about your church. It's full of life, full of fun. All your pastors' facial expressions. Ah! Love Pastor Chad. Last night they played that little highlight video. They had the bloopers of Pastor Chad's preaching. It's so funny. You need to post that online. Can we just do a church vote right now? Can we post that video online? All in favor say aye. All opposed, nay, passed unanimously. It was one nay, but it was after the vote was taken, so duly noted. All right, here's the next marker of a a wide open heart. A wide open heart is refreshing to everyone. You're refreshed. You're refreshed. You refresh other people. In chapter 7, verse 13, he says, by all this, we are encouraged. In addition to our own encouragement, he's like, we were all encouraged, but in addition, come on, everybody say addition. Not only were we encouraged, but we were especially delighted to see how happy Titus was because his spirit was refreshed by all of you. When you're living a wide open hearted life, other people, they just can't stand to not be around you. They can't take not being with you. They can't wait to be with you again because they know that when they leave, they're going to be bigger than they were when they walked up to see you. How many of you know that person? You just know they're going to be full of encouragement. Well, God wants you and I to be that person. He wants us to be full of encouragement for other people. Why do we have connect groups here at church? Why are we meeting throughout the week? Because we need encouragement. We need to be refreshed. Life can be tough and and we can get discouraged. We need to be sitting in circles, looking at each other in each other's eyes and giving encouragement. Man, you got that job interview this week. I know it's going to go good. Come on, let's pray together. 
hey, man, I'm struggling in my finances right now. I, you know, I just kind of, it's a tough time. Well, listen, man, let's get together. There, you know, there's a small group for that. Like, like, why do we do all those things? So that we can refresh each other. See, so many times what I find is we're waiting for other people to refresh us, and God's waiting for us to refresh other people. Here's what it says in Proverbs. It says, in Proverbs, it says, He that withholds unduly will come to ruin. But the one that gives freely will gain even more. And he who refreshes others, he himself will be refreshed. Many times the miracle that you need, God's waiting for you to sow the seed for that miracle to come back to you. Say, well, I need encouragement. Who are you encouraging? When was the last time you sent a text message that was just like thinking about you today? Hope you're having a great day. Praying for you today. A few weeks ago, I started into this new thing called being a senior pastor. And out of nowhere, Pastor Chad texts me on a Sunday morning. Six o'clock in the morning, because he's an early bird. I roll over in bed like, what in the world? Must be a national emergency. Donald Trump's texting us. Give my text. I pull it up. My wife's like, everything okay? I'm like, Chad's texting me. Brother Dan, praying for you today. Full of the Holy Spirit. Here's a verse from God this morning. Encourage you. It's going to be a great Sunday. Preach them strong today. I'm thinking, wow, okay, God. You must really care about me to wake me up this morning. Yeah, right? What's Chad? He's not waiting to be encouraged. He's encouraging other pastors. So you know what I know is going to happen? He's going to get the encouragement he needs. Well, nobody ever throws me a birthday party. All I get is invitations. Bring birthday present to her. Bring one to her. Oh, my goodness. When was the last time you threw a party for people? Listen, if, here's a little secret, okay? We'll turn off the camera. We don't want anybody online to get this, but this is just for you. If you throw parties for people, they'll feel so bad when your birthday comes around. They'll be like, she's always throwing parties. She's always writing notes. She's always giving us presents. We need to do something for her. It's going to be really bad. It's called condemnation birthday parties. <laughs> no, really, it's just that you're being generous. And so when your day comes around, what are people going to do for you? They're going to be compelled to be generous to you. You reap what you sow. I know, I just came up with that. Isn't that good? Actually, it's in the Bible. Come on, a wide open heart's refreshing to everyone. All right, here's the third marker. A wide open heart, it produces affection. A wide open heart, it produces affection. What is affection? Affection speaks of that love, that warmth, the tenderness the kindness speaks of sincerity, that, that there's a love, a genuine love that, that we have for each other. That's a beautiful thing in the body of Christ. And we ought to have it all the more. It ought to be super obvious, right? Like we had that meet and greet and everybody high five. A few of you, I'm just going to tell you, you sat down early. Like I do not high five more than two people on Sundays. Let me just encourage you, be the last one to sit down during meet and greet. Make Pastor Chad have to say, hey guys, hey church, please stop hugging, please stop high-fiving, please stop being so affectionate. You can turn around and be like, we're an affectionate church. Last night, Lewis kissed me on the cheek. Do y'all know Lewis? Lewis, are you in here? 
I was going to tell him I had another cheek he could kiss. All right, we talked about brotherly love. The Bible says greet each other with a holy kiss. There's supposed to be that kind of camaraderie, that, that, that spirit that we're together in this and that we love each other. Come on, somebody. How is the world going to know you're my disciples? By the love that you show to the world. No, by the love that you show one to another. I don't know about you, but I've had all the rejection I ever need in my life. I'm capped out on condemnation. Anybody else? I don't need any more of that. I've had all my fair share. And now I just need encouragement. Here's what Paul says in Philippians 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verse 7 through 9. He says, it's right for me to feel this way about all of you. Some of you are like, man, this, just, this guy, Pastor Chad brought this crazy guy in talking about loving each other. No, it's right to feel this way. And look why it's right. He says, since I have all of you in my heart. I remember growing up in church, people would use the phrase, you've been on my heart lately. How many of you, do you still use that as a church? You know, you've been on my mind, you've been on my heart. That ought to be the case in this church. I pray that that, that never changes, right? That we're always a church that's loving people, that we're thinking about other people. Amen. He says, whether I'm in chains or defending or confirming the gospel, all of you share in this grace with me. And I love this. He says, call God as my witness. God can testify how, how I long for all of you with the affection of Jesus Christ. You see, what the world needs, what this world needs, is a, is a church that feels like family. Because there's so many families that are broken and splintered. I know sometimes I'll say to people, you know, church is like a family. And some people are not interested in that because their family is a mess. But when the church has that love and the true affection for each other, that's something the world can't deny. And that's real revival, folks. I grew up Pentecostal. Real revival, in our definition, was people running the aisles, people screaming in tongues. But guess what we weren't doing? We didn't help any poor people. We didn't feed people. We didn't visit people in prison. We were just speaking in tongues. What do those Bibles say about that? If you're just speaking in tongues but you don't have love, that's like somebody getting a symbol out and just beating on it. It's of no good. And we're all like, please stop. But I believe true revival is when affection and love for each other breaks out. When we're loving each other and we're generous with each other and we're encouraging each other and we're refreshing each other and we're, we're loving each other the way that Jesus intended for us to. How many of you want to be a part of that kind of church? I want to be a part of that kind of revival in this, this, this area. And that's why people are coming here. That's why you need a third service. Come on, somebody. That's why you need to open another campus. Because there's communities all around here that don't have this. That's why some of you drive. How many of you drove more than 20 minutes to get here? Do you know you love Jesus a whole lot? There's a bunch of people in your community that won't drive 20 minutes to get here. That's why i got to open a campus in your neighborhood. How many of you would like to drive five minutes to your church? That'd be nice. Well, we can do that for about $5 million. <laughs> Here's the last one today. The last marker of a wide open heart is a wide open heart carries a burden for other people. A burden. Do you carry a burden for, for somebody? The Word of God says this, Galatians 6, 2. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. Carry each other's burdens. And in this way, you fulfill the law of Christ. What was the law of Christ? 
This is not the law of the Old Testament. This is not the Ten Commandments. You're thinking, I didn't know there was a law of Christ. Yeah, I remember they asked him, what's the greatest commandment, Jesus? What's the most important one? And he said, love. <laughs> if you don't hear anything else today, say, what's this all about? What's church all about? What's, what's, what's this all about, Dan? It's all about love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And the second one is like it. Love your neighbor like you love yourself. I don't know about you, but I'm really good at loving me. Dan is hungry. Dan needs to eat. Dan is tired. Dan needs to go to bed. Dan needs the kids to be quiet. Dan gets earplugs. <laughs> right? Like, we're really good at loving ourselves. And so that's what he says is, don't just love you. Love them like you love you. Whoa, that's a tough standard. It means I might have to buy your coffee. It might mean I might have to mow your yard when you broke your ankle. Come on, somebody. So what you say? Carry each other's burdens. See, what happens is when we come to Christ, we come bent over with the burdens of sin on our back. Addiction, heartache, abuse, neglect, words that people spoke of us. We come beaten down and oppressed. But Jesus came and died on that cross so we could stand back up again, and he takes those burdens off of us. Aren't you glad Jesus is the burden remover? And he lifts off those burdens, but he doesn't do it so that we can just walk scot-free. No, we get into connect groups, and we get in growth track, and we keep coming to church, and we learn God's word, and we get stronger, and we get stronger as Christians so that he can hunch us back over again and put another burden on our back. He says, I've got a burden. I want you to carry teenagers in your heart. There's a bunch of young people that don't have dads. If all you'll do is go to youth group, pat kids on backs, that'll show me a lot because some of them boys don't have dads. I need you. Hey, there's hungry people in this community. I want to put a burden for, for that. Hey, I met a couple last night. India, India, they got a big burden for India and Africa. Maybe there's a nation God wants to put on you. Wow. You say, no, God, this is the best life now. We're burden free. No, that's not in the Bible. God has a burden for you. Maybe you've pushed it down. I'm talking to some older people here now. Maybe at one time, I just really feel this right now. It could be at one time you had a strong burden. And you've let that go because laziness. Somebody hurt you. Maybe you used to be a pillar in God's house. It's time to come back. God's still building this thing. It's time for God to come put some weight on you again. It's not too late. So I've been out of it for a few years. I, I kind of, people don't see me as a leader anymore. Well, come on back. We'll see you as one. We'll dust you off. Come on. God's a restoring God. That anointing he put on you, it's still there. Thank you for listening to this week's message. If you enjoy this podcast and would like to give, please visit us at theroads.church. To stay connected, follow us on Facebook and Instagram. You can also subscribe to our YouTube channel to watch our latest sermons.